You're listening to the Sportsman's Empire Podcast Network brought to you by Full Sneak Gear. Check out their entire lineup at fullsneakgear.com. Also be sure to check out our entire stable of podcasts at sportsmansempire.com. New from Moultrie Mobile, the Feed Hub offers first-of-its-kind cellular connection and control for nearly any spin cast feeder on the market. When used with the Moultrie Mobile app, you can monitor feed and battery levels, run feeders on demand, receive alerts when feeders are clogged, and remotely adjust feeding times. The Feed Hub is ideal for anyone who maintains feeders. Remove the guesswork and save time by planning feeder maintenance before you drive to your hunting property. For more information, visit MoultrieMobile.com. Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. Welcome to the Nine Finger Chronicles podcast, brought to you by Exodus Trail Cameras, the number one podcast for bow hunting product information and hunting stories from across the nation. And now... Here's your nine-fingered host, Dan Johnson. It's Monday, and that can only mean one thing. We are all hating our lives right about now. But this podcast today, hopefully it brings a little joy into your world. And uh, we have a pretty cool podcast today. Um, You know, last month was the ATA show. And I was walking up and down the hall, you know, all the the lanes of the uh, ATA show, and I come across this uh, product called Moon Stands, brand new company. Had a short conversation with uh, a gentleman there, and uh, he asked, or I asked, if he would like to come on the podcast and, uh, you know, talk about his brand new product. And the brand new product is Moon Stands. It's a tree stand, and uh, I'll let Brian Ritchie get into um he's one of the owners of the company i'll let him get into all the details and stuff like that but it is it's a a pretty cool tree stand that addresses um, a pretty specific problem and you'll have to listen to the uh the podcast to uh check it out but uh, to get all the information but i figured hey get him on the show i i love getting new products brand new companies on on the show and uh, help spread the word a little bit And, uh, yeah, so I'm going to keep it short for the intro. Oh, no, I'm not going to keep it short. Not going to keep it short. So it is nine o'clock on Sunday night and I'm recording this intro. So for the past 48 hours, roughly, I've, I've thrown some sleep in, in there, but I have updated my wife's kitchen. We took all the cabinets down. We painted them we put on new fixtures uh, and then the next step over the next month is a backsplash and new countertops so um, hopefully that will gain me some brownie points going into the 
shed season or elk, you know, in September or even carrying over into the rut. So she's like, well, hopefully uh, you could stay home. I was thinking maybe you could stay home tonight. And I'm like, well, maybe I just redid the kitchen and the, and I'm going to go hunting. So I don't know how that's going to work. I'll let you guys know when, uh, when and if I, I throw the kitchen card down. Because uh, I think I have a pretty strong hand if I throw down the kitchen card. <laughs> Other than that, before we get into uh, today's gear podcast uh, with Moon Stands, I just want to say that first, first all, first off, I can't even talk. But and I think mostly I can't talk because I'm completely exhausted from uh, redoing this kitchen this week. But anyway. First off, I've lost my track, but I'm I'm too lazy to go back uh, and edit this. So stay tuned to the end of this podcast from uh, a keep it public message from Randy Newberg. He has a a little bit of something to say uh, about the keep it public movement. Also, a huge shout out to our title sponsor, Exodus outdoor gear or our, 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 our title partner exodus outdoor gear they make one hell of a trail camera um i've used and abused this for over a year and a half now and it has yet to malfunction on me i've had no problems with it and uh i'm just really happy with the product and that makes me happy to where i can continue working with a company like this you know, I don't have to, you know, say bullshit basically or lie to you. Like I know a lot of other people out there may. Uh, I know by when when I tell you you should really consider going out and uh, checking out an Exodus trail camera, ExodusOutdoorGear.com. I hope you guys take me sincere because it is one hell of a product. And for example, let's say you do have a problem with one of their products. The only thing you have to do is send them a text or send, uh, call them and they will call you back and they will help you with your problem. It's that simple. It's that simple. And uh, that's why I really like their company and, and their product works well too. So amongst other things, but uh, you guys need to go to exodusoutdoorgear.com and you need to uh, check out their products, um, check out the specs on their current trail camera. And uh, when and if you do decide to purchase, enter the discount code nine fingers. That's the number nine, followed by the word fingers, and you will receive $20 off of your purchase. Now, let's get into today's gear podcast with moon tree stands all right on the phone with me now from moon stands is brian ritchie how you doing today brian doing good how are you i'm doing pretty good uh got held up at work and uh now i'm here and uh, i'm excited to uh talk with you about uh your product i i met you at the ata show uh and i saw your product was a little bit different than the majority of the stands that are out on the market. And I felt, Hey, let's, uh, let's get this guy on the podcast and have him, uh, talk about his company. Yeah, absolutely. Looking forward to it. Uh, ATA was a blast. Got me to meet a ton of people. So it was a right. good experience. That's right. So I guess where we'll start is at the very beginning. Um, 
when I, I take it you're a hunter, right? Oh yeah, every day eat, eat, drink, sleep, and breathe it. Nice. Okay, so that's what kind of that's what kind of pushes a guy to design a, a tree stand in the first place, right? Is that is that kind of the, the idea behind you uh, creating a tree stand? Is because you're a hunter and you feel that you could um, fill a gap maybe for um, a product that's, you know, maybe on the market, but doesn't fit all your needs. Yeah. And actually that's uh, having mechanical background and uh, my dad having a mechanical background and what ended up happening was my dad was hunting uh, here in central Florida. Uh, and he had a buck come out directly behind him fed for 30 minutes and he was not able to take a get a shot at the deer. He was just forced to sit there and watch the deer feed and then turn and walk away. And while sitting in the stand, he was able to, or he was sitting there thinking, man, if the stand was just a little bit wider, I'd be able to shoot and uh, I'd be able to shoot 360 degrees or shoot behind the tree. So he ended up seeing a flaw in the stand that he was on. And with our mechanical background, we uh, got to work and started designing and developing and testing and changing and i think what we're or what we came to market with is our 12th version of our half moon so we're happy with uh the structural integrity and the safety of it and all the features that come along with it but yeah we we just seen a seeing a need for a stand similar to ours and kind of started moving forward with it based on our hunting experiences right so so that one experience triggered the birth of this com- company so to speak right Oh yeah, absolutely. Yeah. My, my dad's reason why I've got such a, a burning desire and enjoy to go hunting. And I remember back in college, I structured all of my classes on Tuesdays and Thursdays, just so that I had five days to hunt on two <laughs> days of school. Um, and he's the one that got that burning desire to me because he shares that same desire for hunting. And it's a game of chess going out there and chasing these animals on their own turf and trying to outwit them. And, uh, he actually got down out of the stand with an hour and a half of prime time right there at the end of the day to come back and start working on it. Cause he was like, man, I, I, I'm not doing this anymore. Cause that he's had it happen multiple times. And as we have all spent time sitting on a tree, uh, enjoying what the Lord's provided for us, uh, we end up seeing animals come out behind us that we would take up that shot opportunity if it was in front of us and, uh, we're, have been unable to take that shot in the past. Right. So, so now that you say that it was, it happened it happened multiple times, right? The buck came in behind you. You weren't able to shoot him. Um, so talk to us about the the concept of this tree stand um, from the idea stage to maybe the drawing stage to maybe like the first prototype. Um, and maybe you know, talk about that idea, the progression of the idea, the innovation, and, and even um, some some obstacles that you had to overcome to make this stand what it is today. Yeah. So, uh, what my dad on his way home that day, he called my brother up and said, Hey, meet me over at the house. We're going to go out in the shop and start, uh, looking at a new tree or I need to build a tree stand. So my brother headed over there. I showed up that weekend and I showed up over there in the middle of the day and they're out there with a sledgehammer. They had two half inch, uh, plates of steel that they had welded together to form like a V and they're hammering this square tubing across it to make a curved shape on this tubing. And I walk out there. I'm like, what in the world are y'all knuckleheads doing? <laughs> and 
he said, we're making a tree stand. I said, making a tree stand. And we've built tree stands our entire lives. We've purchased several stands, but majority of the stands that we've hunted off of, we've built right there in my dad's shop with his welders and torches and bandsaws and everything else. And we started putting the first stand and from the initial very first stand that we ended up doing is that's the one thing that's remained true through all 12 versions is uh, that round shape on the outside. Now the structural integrity of it and how it's actually attached and how it's supported is what's changed. We initially came up with an idea of, well, Hey, if we end up taking well, the only way we could do this is we had to get rid of the cables and uh, to be able to make it wider. And by getting rid of those cables, uh, we needed to be able to support it. So we were thinking initially getting the, uh, an under support. And then when we started looking at that, we could make that, but because of the design and the shape of it, uh, we've seen a need to where this is something that other individuals in the industry might end up, uh, it might be something that we could take to market. So we started doing patent researches and we ended up some of the obstacles that we ran across that three years ago when we initially started was some of the other patents that were out there to where we would be, uh, infringing on what they'd already done. And even though from a mechanical standpoint, uh, we didn't feel that what they had ended up working out um, from a practicality standpoint uh, for going to market with, but because they had that patent, it ended up creating more of an obstacle for us. So some of the initial obstacles were taking it and finding, all right, how can we end up bringing something to market that's unique enough that where it's not like anything else, uh, but to where it was so unique and served a purpose to where people would actually want to uh hunt off of it and they'll see the value and what it all provides right right so you had to work around a couple patents um was that you know on a on a scale of one to ten was that a huge issue did that cause uh some some big redesigns for you guys or was it something simple where you're just like all right well we're not going to do it that way anymore we're going to do it this way no, it was completely all back to the drawing board. Uh, we right. went from uh, the first two design. The, like I said, the, the only thing that kind of remained the same was the outside shape being that round design. Yeah. Um, but because of so, there's so many. When you start getting into the whole patent side of it and being able to protect the uh, protect what you've got and seeing what all was out there, there was stuff that was patented that never made it to market or if it did end up coming to market I, we couldn't find anything whether it was on the internet or talking to anybody else to where it was there but because it's, there's a patent on it we can't do anything with it um and last thing we want to do is do anything that is remotely close to somebody else we figure that there's enough tree stands this industry has really big recognizable names um and brands in the tree stand industry that are well respected i own every one of them myself personally and i like all the stands and the last thing that i wanted to do was be associate my name with a company that was well, all they did was they just changed this one little bitty thing and ripped us off they, they they weren't um creative enough to come up with their own concept and because of the market share that those other guys already have we knew coming to market we had to have something that was that different and that out that far outside of the box that the consumers and the hunters across the country would end up saying it would have catch their eye initially just because of the look of it. But then when they start yeah. diving into the features and the safety and the comfort and the functionality of what it actually does uh, would be 
that tipping point to where now all of a sudden we can start building our brand name up and competing with uh, the big guys that are in the sector that have great products and are going to be around for years to come. Right. Right. So like you said, you know, this, your, your tree stand is a hang on tree stand. Um, and there are, there are, like you mentioned, lots of big names in that, in that category uh, for, you know, tree stands. When you, when you guys were sitting around going, okay, man, we got this designed. We want to take it to market. Um, were you looking for a tree stand in a brand that was going to make a, make a splash in the, in your category, or were you looking to basically fill a smaller niche for someone who was suffering some of the same problems, um, as you in regards to not being able to shoot behind the tree? And initially that was what we ended up coming up with was just to fill that one niche. Hey, well, I want to be able to shoot behind us. Right. And when we, after we built it and we started hunting, I, we hunted the first year off of that very first version that we had. Um, yeah. There's nothing to stop anybody from making something and using it themselves. They just can't go, go to market as a consumer product. Right. Um, so we started hunting off of that stand and kind of seeing what we liked and what other uh, issues that it ended up solving. And, where our niche is today isn't exactly what we thought it was going to be initially. Um, there's still going to be a need. I love my lone wolf stands from the, the weight, the silence, the integrity of it. Um, the millennium seats are really comfortable as well. Uh, that all the stands that I own from millennium and there's still going to be a need for those stands for that hunter that wants to go in on public land or is going to carry their stand in and out every day based on a, a, a fear that somebody's going to end up stealing their stand. Um, Right. where our niche is going to come into that little sweet honey hole spot that is on private property, whether, whether you own it or you lease it, but where you can go put your stand up uh, before season because of the scouting and the trails and where the animals are going to be coming through at. And then you're going to take it down after season. Um, okay. And that's where we think where we're going to end up shining just based on all the additional pros. I always say that I, I laugh whenever you hear a pharmaceutical commercial on TV and they say, well, this is going to help you with uh, your stomach gas but the side effects are xyz abc yeah. and they just keep going on it's like well man i'd rather have my stomach gas and or whatever it is yeah. versus all yeah. the side effects that might be a possibility we came up with a, a, a product to fill that need for being able to shoot behind you and all the side effects that came from it are a, a lot of positives um okay. the only downside that we didn't as a downside for us because we've hung all of our tree stands for years with a with a pulley system it's so much safer installing and removing your uh climb or, or your uh, lock on stands with by using that you put your climbing sticks up on a tree you go up to whatever height you want it at whether you're hanging a 14 pound stand a 20 pound stand a 41 pound moon stand or a 100 pound double ladder stand yeah. you get your pulley attached to the tree above that height list the seat height location and then you just use technology to help you get it up and support that weight and then you're not putting yourself in an unsafe position and we drive all of our stands to the locations where we're hanging them at whether it's on a side-by-side -side or a four-wheeler so carrying 41 pounds in the woods for us was never a big issue and as we're talking to people they're like man that's that's a, a significant amount of weight and you got a 40 41 pound stand but we have almost two and a half times a little more than two and a, two times the platform space from the traditional stand if you look at the average hang on stand on the market 
they're right around 21, 22 inches. We're at 48 inches wide. So when you have more than two times the platform space, you're going to have more than the weight. Right. And then, so the biggest concern or drawback that exists is just with the stand weighing more. But when you have that much extra space, uh, it's just more of a concern of getting it in and out of the woods to where you're hunting from. So there's no such thing as the perfect stand for every application. Otherwise there'd only be one company. And, uh, that's why there's great climbers and lock-ons that are portable to where you can attach your climbing sticks and go in the woods and set it up and come back out that day. And then there's other stands such as ladder stands and things of that nature that are more of a permanent basis. And, uh, when you look at the hang on sector of the market, there's really no, or there's no other stand where you can shoot 360 degrees. And that was kind of the mindset that we ended up taking from the weight concern was the only other stand that you can shoot 360 degrees currently are either a tripod or a double ladder stand. And we all know how much of those weigh. So we're significantly yeah. less if you're looking at the shot opportunities than the other stands that offer the same thing. So, Gotcha. Now you mentioned um, creating a new niche. What is your niche? Uh, well, our, I, I believe our niche from the, in the lock on tree stand component of tree stands is being able to shoot 360 degrees. And so you're, that's the one component that came out of it that what we we're initially going into some of those side effects that I was talking about, getting rid of the cables, all, all the other stands that utilize the cables. It's not from a manufacturing issue. It's more from a consumer issue of not using the stands how they were intended. And what I mean by that is all tree stands, whether, no matter what type of material they have deteriorate over time. And most consumers or most hunters will purchase a stand. They'll go hang it on that tree and then they'll leave it out in the woods for five, six, 10, however many years. And they don't take it down the way that they're supposed to. And what ends up happening is the life of that stand is completely sh- shrunk and significantly and any of the other companies that are in the industry uh, that are in the tree stand sector, that's one of their biggest things that they try to advocate as well is get your stands out of the woods when you're not using them. It, it ends up saving your health and making you safer because you don't have to worry about it falling apart because you shrunk the time or the life expectancy of that stand. You figure spring and summer is when we get the most rain. If a stand's sitting out there during the rainy season when you're not even hunting, doesn't make a whole lot of sense leaving it up there and then you're going to go put your your health at risk because you're sitting on something that wasn't intended to be left out all year long squirrels eating into the ratchet straps uh the trees growing i don't know how many accidents end up happening where somebody shows up uh and the ratchet straps are actually embedded in the tree because they've left it up that long the tree started growing over it right and for just that extra step to be that much safer hey i I like hunting, but I love my family and it's my responsibility that I come home to them every time I go out and I like hunting that much that I want to be able to go out and do it again. So I try to take all the safety precautions, wear my harness, installing and removing my stands, getting in and out of it while I'm in it. And when I'm done hunting at that particular spot, I'm taking the stand out. So the weather and the elements aren't beating my, beating that material up and shortening the life because everybody works hard for their money. And if they're hanging that up on a tree 
and it shortens life. Now you've got to replace it sooner or you're putting your health at, at risk by not getting it out of the woods. Right. So you've removed the cable from this tree stand. So how is it now supported so that uh, it can support your 300-pound weight rating? Yeah, so uh, we got rid of the cables, and now it's supported basically off of a uh, a cantilever type of system. If you've ever pulled up to a red light and seen that stop light hanging out over top of the, the road, and it's just being supported by the pole over on the side, it's not the cables with the light hanging down, that's the same type of, uh, of system. It's our platform structure is based off of like an I-beam, which ends up holding that weight to where it will support that. And then we've beefed up, beefed up the components that you typically don't end up seeing with some of the other stands that are in the industry. Uh, we use all grade eight bolts, which the average in the industry is right around that grade five. Um, we're using a five sixteenths bolts versus a quarter inch. So the shear strength from the components that we're using are that much stronger. Um, and you don't have the concern of the actual cable potentially snapping because you left it out in the woods. Um, and if, if somebody's taking their stands down the way they're supposed to, they would end up extending it. And those cables popping on you wouldn't be, uh, would be a whole lot less frequent and less likely than what we end up seeing in the industry. And that's just from hunter negligence, not, uh, doing what they should be doing. Right. So because there's no cable, right. I mean, so, so what you're getting at is, Hey, I want to be able to have more platform space. If I had cat cables on there, that would defeat the purpose. So you've created this cantilever system. How many parts when, when it's shipped from your factory to you guys or to the, the end user, how many parts does it come in? And is there any type of assembly necessary before you go up and hang it on a, on a tree? Yeah, the only assembly is uh, you take it out of the box. The pivot of the upright where it's attached to the platform, it's already attached there. All you have to do is attach your, your seat. Uh, so there's two bolts for attaching your seat. And then when you get to the base of your tree where you're going to end up hanging it up, you, you install your other bolts. So there's the only assembly is putting four bolts in, and then you're ready to go. So there's not this big, long, lengthy, you need to look for bolt A and washer C right. and nut D and there's a whole big old pack of it that comes with four bolts, four nuts, eight washers. You put it together and you're ready to hunt. Nice. So, okay. So now we have this, uh, tree stand put together and, uh, we're, we're going to hang it out in the, in the timber. The, the one stand is 41 pounds. Uh, the other stand is 25 pounds, quite a bit lighter, uh, the, the quarter moon versus the, the half moon. And um, so you mentioned you use a pulley system. Walk us through that process uh, of how to hang a heavy stand like this, a heavy hang on. And maybe if someone doesn't have a pulley, how they would go about hanging uh, a 41 pound stand as well. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, so you, it, and it and it doesn't matter the weight of the stand. What I'm telling everybody is, I would much rather somebody, if they're using a lighter stand that's down there in the teens, a 14, a 16, an 18 pound stand. There's no sense in putting your health at risk hanging off the side of the tree like a monkey it, when technology is there. You put your climbing sticks up to whatever height that you want to hunt at, and then you 
attach a rope or a strap around the tree. We use a rope and we have a loop tied into the rope and then we have a pulley that we attach to that rope. And then we run our pulley rope down to the ground and then we just attach that to our tree stand. Then we're able to pull our tree stand up to whatever height. So if it's a 12 pound stand, if it's our 40 pound stand, or if it's a double ladder stand, you're able to take it and support that weight without you're able to support that weight from the ground, not support that weight hanging off the tree. Um, even if you're using a lineman's belt and the way you're supposed to, whenever you're attaching it, you don't want to be having one hand holding the weight and taking the other hand and trying to fish a uh, ratchet strap around the backside of the tree and trying to attach that on the one. And then you're fighting. You're, there's just too many components and too many elements to where you could fall out of the tree um, or you could end up getting fatigued. So regardless of the weight of the stand, uh, you're able to take and pull the stand up to that desired height that you want it. A lot of times, uh, individuals hang stands, uh, with a buddy, um, your buddy holds, holds onto the rope and you say a little bit higher, they pull down on the rope a little bit lower. They go up on the rope to lower the stand back down a little bit. If you're by yourself, you tie it off to another tree, the rope that is, and then you're able to have the stand weight supported regardless of whatever the weight is, the stands now held up there without you fighting the weight of it. Now all you're doing is just finessing the stand exactly where you want it to be at. And then you're attaching that ratchet strap to it. So you have both of your hands free to be able to attach it, which means that you're that much safer um, to be able to come home. And that's the biggest thing that we're wanting to advocate in the industry is let's do everything that we can to be safer so we can come back out there and hunt again. And we've already gone to a couple of consumer shows and, I've told everybody uh, that we've already, that we've run across when we did our two uh, reveal shows before we started selling it, just to show it off to some of the consumers and see what their thought was on the stand. We shared that with everybody. I said, I'd much rather every hunter across the country go get a pulley to install the the other tree stand company stands than to purchase my stand. Um, because if they're able to come home safe every day to their family, then I've had a bigger impact on the industry and the hunting community than somebody buying my stand and going and hunting on it. Okay. All right. So you mentioned, you mentioned uh, there were some other positives that came from this tree stand other than being able to uh, shoot, you know, having a 365 degree, uh, you know, um, uh, shooting shooting lanes basically you can shoot all the way around um and you mentioned one other positive what are some other positives that came from the design of this tree stand that maybe maybe you didn't know about but now you do yeah absolutely uh the the first and the most obvious is the cable um there's not a ton of tree stand accidents happen from somebody tripping up getting in and out of the stand but it's just a nuisance having to step over top of that cable. So there's no longer that worry of, okay, I've got to step over that cable to land on the, the shorter width platform that the other stands have. Um, by getting rid of that cable, it makes it safer entering and exiting because you don't have to step over top of it. Um, another component that makes um, the stand and the overall experience uh, safer is if anybody's listening to this right now and they look and they're standing up and they look at their feet, most likely they're standing with their feet at a nice shoulder width distance. So we spend 365 days standing just like that. And whenever we sit down, we typically sit down with our feet still at that shoulder width distance. We might sit up, sit down and then 
put our leg up on top of our knee or something of that nature. But whenever we have both feet on the ground, they're typically at a shoulder width distance. We're not sitting with our heels together. The traditional stands, because of the width of the platform, forces you on an animal to the left or the right, or if you're standing as if you're about to shoot an animal to the left or the right of the tree, not directly out front, forces you to put your feet closer together. What that does is it throws off your stability and your balance isn't going to be as strong as you normally would be. So we spend 365 days standing with the best balance that we could possibly have. And it's when we get elevated 18 foot, 24 foot, 30 foot up in the air, we compromise our balance and our stability because of the platform space that we have. So it's going to make individuals safer while they're standing on it because they're in a more natural position. Another nice feature of it is the round seat design. We didn't come up with the round seat design thinking that it was going to be that much more comfortable. We came up with the round seat design because we wanted it to follow the shape of the front of our stand. And then after hunting on it for three years and we tested all the other types of seats that are out there, mesh nets type of seat, uh, a thicker cushion, a more firm, smaller cushion. And what we ended up finding out, everybody that hunted off of it and gave us feedback on the on the overall experience for the sitting down and the comfort of the seat was it was so much more comfortable with the design that we came out to market with because it's giving you support on your rump. It's not taking it and cutting it on the back of your legs like the square seats that are in the industry do to where they're, they end right there halfway down your leg. Um, so by being more comfortable and being able to sit longer means less fidgeting and longer sets in the tree, giving you more shot opportunities. And then from an accuracy standpoint, an average stand on the market is right at 22 inches, 21 to 22 inches. And if you've got a size 11 boot, size 10, or we've met so many folks that have 14 and 15 and 16, if you're on that standard traditional lock-on stand that's got the 22-inch wide platform, if the animal's directly out in front of you when you're about to take the shot, you're able to stand in that nice shooting form that you've practiced all year long. When I'm shooting every day, I'm typically standing at that same shoulder with distance. That's what's comfortable. That's how I'm, my muscle memory and my shooting form is. And then all of a sudden we have to, when the shot means the most, when an animal comes out and if it's to the left or the right of the tree, you're forced to put your feet together. And then you sometimes you have to bend around to be able to take that shot or you're putting your body in an unorthodox position that you're not used to standing in. And the example I give everybody is if you end up looking at these uh, 3D tournament archery shooters that can just drill X-rings all day long, if you took those guys, those same guys and girls and said, okay, today you've got to take it and put your heels together, turn sideways and bend over, they're not going to drill those Xs the way that they normally would. They're still going to shoot right. better than I would, yeah. but they're not going to shoot as accurate. And when that shot means the most, when you're about to release an arrow towards an animal to take its life, to be able to bring it back and enjoy the meat that's coming from it, that's when you want it to be as accurate as you can be. And you don't want your shooting form being compromised because of the width of the platform. So one of the other advantages that came from having a wider platform is you're able to shoot at that same shooting stance that you've target shot all year long, no matter where the deer is or elk or bear or hog or whatever you're hunting. Okay. So those are, those are probably the four key components. I'd say safer getting in and out. Cause you don't have to worry about the cable. You're able to stand in a more natural position it's going to end up getting more people home. And then from the hunting experience side of it, you're going to be more comfortable with that round seat design, being able to set longer. You're going to have more shot opportunities, being able to shoot 360 degrees and you're going to be more accurate because you're standing in a normal stance versus compromising each, each small component of that 
hunt can play into the difference between bringing something back to the house and coming back with that tag in your pocket. Right. Okay. Um, how does it attach to the tree itself? Uh, it attaches just like all the other, uh, lock on stands. We, we use two, uh, ratchet straps. Uh, and I know that there's several stands on the market, uh, lock on stands already that use two ratchet straps or two, uh, points of contact, one towards the top and one at the bottom, uh, or the base of the, uh, lock on stand. There are some that have only one ratchet strap, uh, but all you do is attach it the same way you would any other stand that has two ratchet straps. You take it and run it through the top support, ratchet that down, put it on the bottom support and you're ready to hunt. Okay. So ratchet straps are what hold it to the tree. Where does, where does the stand touch the tree though? I guess that I should have been more clear in my question. What, how does the the tree stand grip to the tree where are there teeth are there spikes what are we yeah, what are we there, talking about there there's there's tree engagement posts on the back they're just uh right. they're the tubing that go and engage into the tree so it's not like uh, a climber type of style to where there's it's more of a v um or it's not a, a, an exact spike but we have got engagement posts that come off the back and you've got four engagement posts and as long as those engagement posts are touching the tree when you ratchet strap down you're good to, good to hunt okay so does this tree stand work on crooked trees or maybe trees that lean uh, left or have a left or right lean, or is this only going to work on a, on a straight vertical tree? Yeah, pretty much it's going to work on a straight vertical tree. When we end up looking at the industry, uh, the, and the number might have changed, but when we did the initial research, this was a year and a half ago when we ended up getting the number, but 73% of the tree stands that were on the market in the lock-on community uh, didn't have any type of adjustment in it. No adjustments gotcha. in the seat for vertical or if there's a pitch sideways on the tree. Uh, so we figured we would follow suit and come out with where the majority of the market was already at. We're, we are testing and kind of going through some a new stand that we'll end up releasing in the future with uh, some of those adjustments on it. But typically, we're, we're, and we've talked to several people that are in some of those really crooked terrain type of uh, trees, uh, some of the folks out there in West Texas, our stand's not going to end up working on those crooked trees, um, but neither is 73% of the other stands that are on the market. Right. Okay. Um, so, you know, as, as you've brought in your, you've been a company for three years, but this is the first year that you've started selling the stands, right? 2016 Correct. Yeah, we was. just officially launched it at the ATA show. Or 2017 is when we started. Oh, uh, we, so you- we revealed it. We revealed it and everything at the ATA show. We, we did an initial Facebook like video, just kind of introducing it right. uh, back in December of sixteen. But we didn't start selling until uh, January tenth. Uh, gotcha. Are you guys a direct to consumer company, or are you uh, going to try to get into stores as well? Uh, right now, we're direct consumer. We've got a couple archery shops already that have picked it up, and they've got them there on display to where consumers can go and look at them, touch them, feel them. Uh, we, as of right now, we don't have a, any of the big box stores more, so to speak. Um, not ruling that out down the road, but, uh, yeah. for right now, I don't know. It's not going to fit in our business model right now to be able to, uh, go into those for multiple reasons. But, uh, I long term, if we could end up getting the consumers to know about it and take 
more of a that grassroots uh, approach with getting it into the local archery shops and supporting some of the, the local uh, smaller guys that are out there. Uh, that'll be great. But right now, online and uh, archery shops, and if there's anybody that's got an archery shop that's listening, they're more welcome to give us a call and we could kind of go over what we might be able to do to partner it up. Perfect. Now, you mentioned this was uh, the the stand that you're selling now is, would you say, that the 12th version? So you've redone it 12 times to get it to where you like it. What are some of the things that you had to um, redo in different versions to, to make it better? Uh, well, weight was one of the things that we kept looking at. Okay, where can we take and change something so that there's a little bit less weight for getting it in and out of the woods because we realize that not everybody's going to have access to a four-wheeler or a side-by-side for getting it to the tree they're wanting to go to um so we had a couple different things where we would end up taking weight off and by changing this connection point or this support or the upright or the seat components uh like this how every time you do one thing it affects three other parts of the stand so we would go through and fix all that, put it together, start looking at it, start testing it, go out and hog hunt off of it or deer hunt, uh, depending on what time of the year it was, and then come back and say, well, you know what? I think uh, this outer wing right here is not uh, not needed. We've uh, had that same round shape design, but the supports, how it was actually supported, the height of the actual platform or the seat uh, was something that we ended up adjusting to try to make it more universal. So the average guy that's around six foot tall would be able to sit down comfortable as well as stand up and you can take our cushion and flip it around um, and getting it to where it would function the way that we wanted it to. So it was just minor changes and tweaks that, that came along the way to get it to where we were comfortable um, with the structural integrity. And that was, that's our biggest, biggest thing with anything that we, that we've got right now with our two stands and then our other, uh, three stands that we're working on right now that we're in the one of them we're going to release uh, this summer and then the other two will release uh, at the ATA show 2018 but uh, taking it and keeping the structural integrity the, at the utmost importance as well as uh, the end user's safety um, how can we make this the safest possible application and what are some of the, the downsides to it um, as part of what we've ended up having to take into consideration. Okay. How big of tree does this fit on because of the curved, um, the curved backside and especially for the half moon, I'm looking at it and I, I see, okay, the tree, if the tree's too big, the stand may not work or correct. Okay. So what is the, what's the biggest a tree can be? Yeah. So on both stands they are rated for between a nine inch minimum and a 22 inch maximum and uh when we ended up coming out with it um we wanted to we didn't want to try to re rewrite or redo anything else we kind of looked at from a practicality standpoint what the other stands in the market and i uh, went with that 22 inch uh maximum to keep it in line with how the other stands were rated as far as for the sizes that they could fit on gotcha okay now you you've already mentioned um you've already mentioned that you have some other designs in, you know, in creation at the, at this point. Um, and you're going to be introducing one of them this summer. Uh, what, when you guys 
take a look at your stands and say, okay, A, we need to improve something that we already have, or B, we're going to introduce a new SKU. Um, are these new stands different versions of the same thing, or are they completely different SKUs? Uh, completely different SKUs. Uh, we we do have aluminum models of our stand. We don't know when we're going to have to release that because we're not 100% satisfied with where we're at. Right. Um so we don't have any of the spec information on that, but uh, we are going through and tweaking on that right there. I don't know if it'll be January of next year or, or the summer, whenever we'll be comfortable with the testing and actually getting out there and uh, sitting on it and seeing how it operates. But uh, other products in the same category, ladder stands, climbers, um, and just trying to rethink each design because our biggest thing, everything that we've got to come out with in order to be able to have an impact to get market share is it's from a functionality standpoint, it's got to be an improvement versus what's out there because right. from a consumer standpoint, are they going to purchase moon stands? My, my product, even though cost wise, look wise could be identical. They're going to go with a, a name brand, um, which is what I would do. Um, so I've got to come out with a product that in my opinion, it, in, increases the overall experience or provides more safety um, at a comparable price to what they could get another item for. And that's what, whenever we're sitting down and trying to think of the next thing and start tweaking and uh, putting everything together, uh, that's what our biggest concern is, is all right, how can we make it look completely different and work better than what is currently available in the market? But more importantly, uh, provide an overall safer experience. Right. So I take it you're going with aluminum to address purely to address the weight issue, right? Cause your, your tree yeah. stands are currently made out of stainless steel, right? Well, not stainless steel. There's regular carbon uh, black steel, but uh, yeah, yeah, they're made out of steel currently. And, and the, the biggest challenge that we end up at, or the biggest mindset is the, the overall weight, because a lot of the, tree stand industry and the lock-ons is trying to go to that lighter stand. You'll hear everybody yeah. come out, well, I've got the new lightest stand and this new light. It's the fad that everybody's in right now, but nobody's addressing safety. Um, it's almost like when you looked at the bows, all the bow manufacturers were in the race to see who could have the fastest bow. Now everybody's more concerned, and they were concerned with the other components as well, but it was almost a speed competition. Yeah. And now they've all backed down, and now it's the overall quality and what they're actually delivering on. Um, I think right now the tree stand industry as a whole is everybody, everybody else is focused on running wide open towards who's going to have the lightest lock on the most portable lock on. And that's not what the majority of the hunters across the country are, are looking for. They're looking for a stand that they can go out. That's going to be safer so they can come home to their family. They're going to have more shot opportunities. Uh, they're going to be more accurate on it and they can hang it. We're never going to be that niche that feels for somebody who's going to want to carry a stand in and out. Even when, uh, we release our aluminum half moon. You're not going to carry a 48 inch wide stand in and out of the woods that day to hunt on. Um, right. If you are, you're a whole lot, you've got a lot more uh, <laughs> perseverance than I do. Um, right. So there's still going to be a need for those other stands, but from our big drive is we want to come out with something that's going to be safer than what's currently available. And if it's not a safer model, it's just as safe. And then there's added, improvements that the current thing does not offer. Um, and I guess that's what our driving factor is, is we just want everybody to be safer. That way the overall whole hunting community can grow. Um, right. Cause the more people that get hurt going out there and doing that, 
enough less people enjoying the outdoors and getting somebody else involved and sharing their stories and everything else. So, well, let's elaborate. Our, let's elaborate on that just a bit. Speaking of, you know, you've you've been really focused on safety and uh, rightfully so. But what are where are in as a hunting industry in whole? Where do you feel your competition is lacking in the safety department? Uh, and I don't think it's so much a, 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 that where they're lacking. I think it's more, and not from the, the industry, I think it's more from the consumers that are going out there that have just a disregard for their own safety. Um, like I mentioned, most people will go hang a tree stand and they'll leave it for years and years and years. Um, I like hunting, but like I said earlier, I, I love my family and I want to go back hunting again. So I'm going to do everything I can to be safer, I think, from an industry um, as a whole, I don't think it's from a manufacturing standpoint or from the products that they've released or the products that they're currently offering. I think the industry has been caught up uh, in pushing the products to an extent that they've neglected the education and the importance of the safety components. This is why you need to take the stand down. Last thing any tree stand company wants to hear is somebody fell out of their stand and got hurt because of liability reasons or anything else. Right. Um, so where we're, what, what I'm viewing my role in the industry, in this one component of the sector. And if we end up branching out and going into other sectors in the hunting industry, I want everybody to view moon stands as kind of that voice that's advocating. This is how you can do it safer to where you can go out and enjoy it for more years to come. Cause somebody might not be a consumer of our stands this year. And that's perfectly okay. There's going to be a lot of them that aren't going to be a consumer of our stands this year. But if they get hurt on somebody else's stand, they're not going to be able to be a consumer of mine ever again. Right. Whereas if I can just educate them to be safer on the stands that they're currently using and give them application points of hanging it safer, being more wise uh, when it comes to their own health when they're going out there, don't go out impaired, make sure you got plenty of rest and checking the straps, checking the cables, checking the weld points and all that, not just taking it and looking at it with a brief, brief glance because there's not any trip out in the woods that's worth uh, jeopardizing your safety or even your life uh, for going out there too when we all have so many people that love and are looking forward to us coming home. Um, so I think that's more or less where the industry's lacked isn't from a manufacturing standpoint. There's great products, safe products that are out there that do everything. I just don't think uh, from the industry as a whole has done a great job of really pushing the safety issue. Um, and some of these bigger, bigger guys that have great products that I've got out in my garage right now would have a bigger push on the safety components. It'll have a bigger impact to their, uh, their company long-term because they're going to have less liability issues and they're going to have uh return clients because of the education that they're providing um, to them. And that's what we want to be is that voice of, Hey, this is how you can go out and hang your stand safer, hunt out of your stand safer, get out of it and get back to the house to your loved ones or each component of the whole experience, how you can do it better to where you, um, or do it where you're safer is our number one goal. Okay. So you're saying that the, 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 the industry message, it, it's not necessarily that those, the, the components of your competitors tree stands are 
unsafe. It's just that there needs to be a louder message from the industry as a whole saying, wear your damn safety harness and inspect, take your tree stands down every year, basically. Absolutely. Yeah. Okay. I think, I, I think that it should be a huge message for the safety harnesses um, and then taking them down. But the, the, the number one issue, the traditional lock on stands end up failing is because the cable snap. And if the consumers would, and I'm guilty of, this as well, but if the hunters out there would take them down at the end of hunting season right. to where they're not being exposed to all the weather and elements, they will greatly increase their chances of not having a, a malfunction of that stand because typically the stands don't, uh, there's very few um, occasions, even annually, I'd say every couple of years, where there's a tree stand that actually malfunctioned other than the cable snapping. Um, they are out there, but it's just a fluke type of occurrence. It's more from hunter negligence that causes these accidents. And I think that needs to be the message. Hey, put your safety harness on. Uh, uh, don't go out after you stayed up till one o'clock at deer camp, chugging beers with your buddy by the fire. Um, sleep it off in the morning. Don't go out impaired at any, at any point. But I think there's, that's the message that if the other tree stand companies uh, or the industry as a whole would just kind of, put that message out there. Now all of a sudden there's the whole, whole perception that a lot of the hunters end up getting is based off of that kind of rough and tough kind of careless, uh, going out and just doing what they want to do and having fun, which is fine, but to do it to where it's going to jeopardize your safety when there's so many other people that depend on you coming back, doesn't make any sense to me. Right. So, you know, coming full circle back to your stand, you feel that your stand addresses some of those safety issues with bigger, with a bigger platform, right? Correct. Yeah. And I think it's going to make individuals a little bit safer getting in and out of the stand because you don't have to worry about the cable. But I think from a standing component of it, people are going to be able to stand uh, 100% in a more comfortable position, which is going to give them better balance. So I think it does address some of, some of the issues. All right. So you mentioned you got some new SKUs that are going to be coming out. You're going to, I know you said you're going to introduce a couple of them in 2018 at the ATA show, but the one that's coming out this summer, can you share any information with us on that, on that stand? Yeah, uh, yeah a little bit of it. Um, we're, we're the one that we'll be rolling out and introducing this summer is actually our ladder stand and, uh, excited about it from a functionality standpoint. Um, I've, I like the the X stand uh, ladder stand that's on the market right now. I think they've done a really good job of putting a product out that is extremely safe for the end user to use. There's anybody who's hunted off of a ladder stand knows the the biggest fear or that shaky moment as you lean the ladder stand up against the tree, and now you've got to ratchet strap it down. There's some of these stands that are 20 and 24 foot tall um, in the ladder community. I think X stands jaw system that they've got uh, answered a lot of those questions. Um, but, uh, what we wanted to do was come up with something that was going to be right there as safe, or if it had more functionality purposes with it. And I think that, uh, we'll hit that one on the head whenever we, uh, end up revealing what we've got. Okay. Um, by any chance, is it a larger stand, like a three quarter or an absolutely full moon stand? Uh, no, no, it's not going to be three quarter or 
or all the way around, but uh, it, from a from a practicality standpoint, um, there's nothing in the industry right now that will be able to do what we're going to be rebuilding. Okay. All right. Well, that's, uh, you know, leave a little, leave a little to the imagination for the listener here today. A little bit, a little bit of anticipation. Right. That's right. That's (laughs) right. Um, because when I, when I, you got your quarter moon, you got your, your, your full moon. My question to you is, or your, your half moon, excuse me, but is there even a need for a tree stand that wraps all the way around the tree? Is there a need for one? I mean, you can shoot 360 not, with. Yeah, not in my opinion, because what ends up happening, and and that was one of the things that when we first came up with it, we we're like, man, look at this. We could take it, put two stands back to back, but then there comes in so many other issues on the connection points and then right. the size of the tree, and if there's a pitch on the tree, level the platforms out to where they're actually going to match up. And then you could have a gap distance in between where those stands connect. So there's a lot of other components that could be addressed to, to fix it. Um, but from a practicality standpoint, if I can shoot 360 degrees on the half moon, it makes no sense for me to hang two of them uh, okay. to still only be able to shoot the 360 degrees. All I've done was more work for no added benefit. Um, right. But we do, uh, we film all of our hunts. Uh, so we end up hanging our half moon on the back of the tree for uh, the videographer for the camera guy set. And then we put the quarter moon on the front because I can still shoot 360 degrees off of the quarter moon. And it gives uh, my videographer that much more room moving around for being able to make sure what, what we're capturing on footage is completely in frame. And he's not leaning out, putting himself in an unsafe position uh, that any videographer that's listening to this right now and been in because they were having to lean out off that little platform they're standing on to be able to capture that shot. Right. Okay. Uh, it looks to me just to run over some prices here. You're retailing the uh, half moon for two sixty and the quarter moon for two hundred dollars. Um, let's see. So there's that. Um, other than that, if uh, people have questions about you know, this, this product, or if they want to find out more information about your products, where should we send them? Uh, They can uh, contact the office 407-304-8380. They can send us a message on Facebook or Instagram uh, pretty quick at uh, responding to those messages. We're at Moonstands at both locations, Um, or they can uh, go to moonstands.com to our website. And we've got a, uh, contact us button on the tab on there to where they can uh, send us a message over and we'll end up getting back. But uh, we, we try to look at it periodically throughout the entire day and we're pretty quick at getting back um, in touch with everybody. Gotcha. And my last question, I should have asked this about 10 minutes ago, but um, who specifically, what kind of hunter buys a moon stand? Uh, it's going to be geared for, a bow hunter that has their own property, uh, whether they own it or they lease it, that's who's, that's who's buying it. That's who's the most excited about it. That's who's talking about it. Um, we didn't, we, I carry my bow in the woods when it's gun season. My, everybody that I hang out with carries their bows in the woods when it's gun season. Um, so it's geared for the archery bow hunter, um, that has that private property or that lease that they've got to where they can go hang the stand up 
and they're not toting it in and out every day uh, to be able to go hunt. And that's kind of our sweet spot, our idea client as far as for who is buying it, who's excited about it, and who's going to be our consumers for years to come. Well, I appreciate you taking time out of your day to uh, come on the podcast. Thank you very much for uh, sharing information about Moon Stands with us today, man. Thanks, Dan. I appreciate it, man. And there you have it, another podcast in the books. Huge shout out to Brian for coming on the podcast, taking time out of his day to uh, share information about Moon Tree Stands. If you guys want to find out more information about Moon Tree Stands, go to Google and Google Moon Tree Stands and uh, all the information. I'm sure their website will pop up. Other than that, um, before I let you go and, and before I get to the rest of my thank yous, I'd like you guys to listen to a short clip I recently recorded with Randy Newberg as he talks about the Keep It Public movement. And a lot of people ask me uh, in this whole Keep It Public movement, why should I care about that? And the answer is you should care about it because you're an American. Uh, public lands are a uniquely American idea. They're owned by all of us. They're a place for all of us to recreate, whether we hunt like you and I, fish, camp, whatever it is. Um, and the, the other part of it is that if you want to hunt in the West, where mostly public lands are located, or if you do hunt in the West, 70% of the hunting in the West happens on public lands. And of that other 30%, a large portion of those animals spend a lot of their time on public lands. This uh, Keep It Public movement is resisting those attempts by politicians to try privatize or otherwise get rid of these public lands that all of us can enjoy. And for you and I, we enjoy them for, mostly for hunting. So no matter where you live, you have a stake in this. Just because I live in Montana doesn't mean that us folks in Montana own these Forest Service or BLM lands. You own them as much as I do. And this effort to get rid of them affects every one of us. If you guys want to find out more information about this Keep It Public movement, please go and follow Randy Newberg's Facebook page or Instagram uh, page. He's really relentless when it comes to um, public lands, so there is always a ton of information on his social media page, so go check that out. Now, Huge shout-out to Exodus Outdoor Gear at ExodusOutdoorGear.com. Huge shout-out to Ripcord Arrowrest. And huge shout-out to DeerLab.com slash Nine Fingers. Guys, go check out those partners. They are what makes make this podcast tick. And uh, without them, I'm, uh, I have a, a different part-time job, and it would probably be I – don't, I don't know what it would be. I'm not going to speculate at this point time in my life what that would be but go check out those uh those partners of this podcast other than that please go follow and like me on uh, instagram on facebook on twitter and if you guys want to be a part of this podcast whether it's a product review or a hunter profile podcast or just a bs session you can email me at ninefingerchronicles at gmail.com and uh, i'd love to get you guys on the podcast other than that guys Have a great week. Be nice to one another. I don't know where that came from, but be nice to one another. And uh, remember to keep it public.